0: Today we're going to talk about some of Kanye West's really good ideas that the media ignored while they were calling him crazy. And we're going to talk about some of this rampant activism that's going on in the country through the lens of the community organizer with the help of Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. You're listening to The Propaganda Report. I'm Brad Binkley here with Monica Perez. Monica, how are you?
1: I'm pretty good. I'm a little worried about democracy as we approach the midterms with uh, like zero standard for truth in the media. It's upsetting me. So now I'm not paying attention at all, which is probably bad for
0: my job. There is a standard. The standard is to not tell the truth fully anyway.
1: Yeah, I just I don't understand this whole thing about not telling the truth. What I dub as facts are facts, but truth is truth. Or um, the ends justify the means. So this Blasey Ford mm-hmm. stuff, let's say, uh, it's plausible to suggest that she was lying in good conscience to, I don't know if she's telling the truth or not, but it, it is plausible. It is a plausible scenario that she was lying in good conscience to achieve what she thought was goodness. Well, yeah, and, if you,
0: right. Yeah. If you it just, pitch it to someone who is an activist, a hardcore activist, and they believe in that philosophy of the ends justify the means for the greater moral purpose that they've been indoctrinated with, then right, you can say, listen, the you can say to them, listen to this. We know that something didn't happen to you, but look at him. You know good and well that he's gang raped a whole bunch of people and those women are too afraid to stand up to him. So you're standing in solidarity
1: by making these accusations for them facts are facts but truth is truth that's a perfect example of that but what you said about this greater morality is exactly the problem i have with the ends justifies the means because what what is morality what is the moral the greater morality thereafter i'm asking you and then i'm going to respond you
0: yeah, have to think about that one for a minute
1: what i'm getting at and i think this is why it's not crystal clear is that morality is a is how you walk the path. It isn't about the end goal. It's why it doesn't really matter, yeah. you know, what happens on this earth. You're here, let's just take it from a religious point of view, but it doesn't have to be religious. You're it, it's now, it's real maybe the goal the goal is to be with God, let's say, but it's what he's requiring of you is to demonstrate your worthiness by staying on the path as temptations arise. And that's what that the very definition of morality in my mind is the path, how you walk the path. that And even Zen is like that. Isn't Zen Buddhism like that where you – it's not you, you take the goal out of the picture and it's i mean i feel like that's the very definition of zen buddhism is that it's it's truly about the path and i i just don't understand what they're after and then and then you can even go beyond that and say is the goal the only thing i can imagine their goal is is one of two things depending on whether you take marxism or cultural marxism or maybe it's just one thing, equality, but I, it, it, it's either lack of want first for physical necessities. Then once, once everybody's fed, then they say like dignity that you have to have, um, can't just feed the poor. The poor have to live in dignity, which I, I'm, I think they should, everyone should have dignity. Uh, so do, are you trying to feed people? Are you trying to make them equal? Uh, what do you, what do you, what's the goal? And then if you actually push that, they don't really care about that anyway. That's not really the goal in the end anyway, because if you could prove to them that more people will eat in a capitalist society, they'll say, well, that's not the point.
0: <laughs> yeah. For the organizers, for the true believers, for them, they actually are after this vaguely defined fulfillment of whatever progressive values that they hold and they do want to accomplish the the needs and the objectives that are put directly in front of them you know like the surface level ones because they buy into it to them they're committed to this ideology and the organizer on the other hand is not they're pulled into these movements because it gives them a sense of self-worth with people that they identify with and the people who are manipulating them I believe that their their goal is the concentration of power.
1: Right. Okay. So uh, I think they that's, they aren't
0: true believers. The people yeah, manipulating that,
1: them are not true believers. Those two that's very interesting the way you're putting it. So you're so let's let's take that further. So you're say, so there's two groups of people there's the followers and the leaders. The leaders want power, the followers want to feel good. Yes. So when I'm talking about this ideology, philosophy, all that kind of stuff Is just so much talk.
0: Yes. And those people who are the organizers of these groups, they hate that. They hate philosophy. They hate to them morals, moral principles are just something that you clothe your appeals in and your actions in. And that way you can get people to act on the belief that what they're doing is morally just.
1: I mean that's kind of satanic in my opinion. I'm not saying they're satan worshipers. I am and actually as my daughter points out satan worshipers don't worship Satan. They don't actually believe in uh heaven and hell. They she says it's it's metaphorical or whatever even if they have rituals, but I don't I don't know about that. It's probably right. Uh but that this idea of do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. It's that there is no morality. It's not that there is immorality. It's that there is no morality. But there's one other thing that I think it I think plays into what's happening today with the women stuff, and it makes it. it I forget the exact, exact example that was doing it for me, but making me think this was the rubber was hitting the road here, but it was put pr- pretty well in a book, a like a very popular kind of mainstream book called liberal fascism that I read where uh, he said the basic idea, of their philosophy is that if you change the world through social engineering or whatever, that you actually change the very nature of man. And that I guess is probably like a materialism kind of thing. Whereas religious or material or spiritual or any of that would say, you look at human nature, it's maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. I really don't know, but you must, the rules have been handed down or emerged organically to address human nature. And that, uh, that's what it's there for. You're not going to change human nature. You need to have morality to bring out the best of it. And I think what they're saying nowadays is if we restructure the world, people will be different. Like from the inside out. And I just, I'm not buying it. But I'll have to rem- remember my example. So anyway, I feel like there's just deep philosophical issues that should be addressed and, uh and uh, right. they, they
0: avoid, they try to steer them away from thinking about philosophy when it comes to the people who are true believers, the organizers and stuff do they want to constantly involve them in action so that they don't have time to think about what it is that they're doing until after Hey, let me read you this quote. And then actually I want to talk about some of that um, in the probably the second half of the show a little bit more, but this is from rules for radicals, Saul Alinsky, Hillary Clinton's, Mentor and Barack Obama. Basically, everything that's going on right now is following Solzhenitsyn, Vladimir Lenin's model of of uh, community organizing and activism. Um, he says the organizer should know and accept this, these are the characteristics of an organizer that he's describing in this section. The organizer should know and accept that the right reason is only introduced as a moral rationalization after the right end has been achieved, although it may have been achieved for the wrong reason. Therefore, he should search for and use the wrong reasons to achieve the right goals.
1: Search for and use?
0: Therefore, he should search for and use the wrong reasons to to achieve the right goals.
1: Wow. Yeah, deception, man. Tens yeah. Of lies. You know, All that's right. the thing. It's not – it's the opposite of morality. It's very upsetting.
0: Yeah. So if you can convince people that somebody is – You know, a racist monster or whatever it is you're convincing them of. And they, they take action because of those beliefs that aren't true, but they still, in the end, ultimately accomplish the removal or the, or the overthrow of something which the organizer believes is the right end. The people who are taking action don't even know the ends, at least when they start getting into activism. They don't, they don't, they aren't, the true ends aren't revealed to them until they are psychologically committed to the organization.
1: But, you know, I don't even think, it, it it would matter some the way that you've presented it to me over these months, and you just started the show with it. With that, it's the people who are followers are followers for their own reasons, and the people who are leaders are there to consolidate power. the The people who are falling for step one are falling for step five because they fall for step one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I every step of the way. That's why I tell people when they want to find like a cult or. I I totally think there are conspiracies all over the place to do tons and tons of stuff, and there's probably the, a hierarchy of um like John, who was it? Uh, who is it? Um, Coleman said hierarchy conspirators hierarchy. There probably is that, but it doesn't matter at all if you fall on the sword and die for your Bill of Rights because it doesn't at no point am i willing to say what a democrat activist said to me and a and a democrat friend said to me about bill cosby yeah but think of what he did or as my friend said he's an idiot <laughs> i'm like okay why is that okay then he lost four of his uh, bill of rights why you know so i'm never falling for that so i'm not the guy who's going to be like oh good point and then move on to step 2 yeah. And so I don't blame, I don't actually pity them for being, you know, I don't exonerate them for being duped Yeah, because they've, they gave up their principles the first minute and that's on the right and the left, on the right and the left, this stuff with Guantanamo. though, It's the same thing as Cosby in my mind and that those people, so it's not that I think if you got, if people want to listen to the WSB show we just did on Bill Cosby and Brett Kavanaugh, I think it was unique and eye opening. Really, a must listen. What episode number is that?
0: One eleven.
1: All right, uh, one eleven. So, but but Cosby and Guantanamo to me are similar in that I don't think that Bill Cosby did it, but should still get off because he was robbed of uh, his fourth, sixth. No, his 5th, 6th, 8th, and 1st Amendment rights, at least. uh, I'm not saying he did it and should get off because of the statute of limitations or whatever. I think he didn't do it, and in order—he did not do what he's in jail for. And in order for them to railroad him for political reasons, they had to deprive him of his rights, and that's what those rights are for. They are absolutely effective. Even if they were born of a conspiracy between the founders and the king, I have no idea if there's a rabbit hole behind them. They would protect us from, they would work if we would defend them to the death. And similar with Guantanamo, I don't think those people are in jail because they did it. And, and just don't, we just decided not to give them rights because they don't deserve them. We try people for terrorism and they go to jail all the time and i think they're i think those people are in guantanamo because possibly because they know too much i don't know but i assume that if they could not be tried and convicted then there isn't enough evidence to know for sure that they did anything wrong and these guys know that so uh, uh, what i'm uh, the appeal i'm making i guess is uh is this return to principle at every step of the way
0: Let me read you a quote that is perfect for what you just said, to counter what you just said, because this is what is being indoctrinated into these activists. This is Saul Alinsky again in the chapter of Means and Ends. To say that corrupt means corrupt the ends is to believe in the immaculate conception of ends and principles. The real arena is corrupt and bloody. Life is a corrupting process from the time a child learns to play his mother off against his father in the politics of when to go to bed. He who fears corruption fears life.
1: Uh, Wow. The thing about the politics of the kid going to bed and the parents. This is what I try to tell people. I use that same example about conspiracies. Your parents are conspiring against you to put you to bed from when you're two years old. You know, like there are conspiracies are everywhere. Your bosses are conspiring to give you as little as they possibly can and still get the same amount of work. You know, I'm not saying all of them, but lots and lots. You know, that's happening all over the place. Yeah. You know, bonus meetings and stuff. So, uh, yeah, but here's the thing. Here is the thing that I don't understand about the about the collectivist mentality, which is the only place this can come out of.
0: Did you hear the first sentence there? Because I thought that first sentence would... I heard the
1: corruption part at the end. What, say it again?
0: To say that corrupt means corrupts the ends is to believe in the immaculate conception of ends and principles.
1: Yeah, yes, I did. And I think... I, I, I think principles are... Yeah, exactly. He's wrong, and this is what goes to what I'm I'm sa- what I'm about to say which is either they are immaculately conceived and given to us by god but so is the nature of man and those are a pair so they're correlated if not you know causal or whatever or as i said earlier that they, they emerge organically from human nature and human civilization over 10,000 years so so what i don't understand is it's it's they didn't just pop out of nowhere. What they are is a reflection of the individual's desire, need to to defend itself against the mob or the collective. So that's yeah. what Bill Cosby's an individual. And if if his four of the four rights that he lost, actually, there were numerous rights within each of those amendments that he lost. So he lost more than four rights. Um if, if he as an individual standing alone against 315 million people who dislike him and would like to punish him for things that he did, if he could depend on those rights being secured, he could survive as an individual. This is a really powerful thing that every single individual on earth must at some point you know certainly when they're the victim of persecution would see the value of this so what i don't understand is how people jump on board the collectivist family a collectivist means the individual is vulnerable to being outside the collective and you have no control over what the collective wants they they don't even he's not there is no even principle or morality that you can count on because it's changing. They can kick you out of that group at any time, which is exactly what they do.
0: Right. But they use those principles of others, like of, pro- of progressivism or whatever the ideology is.
1: I think it's equality is the most you're going to get out of it.
0: He says the some of the words. The, yeah, there's some of the language in there to use. And they, they tell them language to use in trainings and stuff, too. I have it written down somewhere. I'll try to find it in a minute. They use all of that to mobilize people and to get them on board. It's through that rigid ideological belief. That's the way he, Solinsky puts it. Uh, that's You need that to mobilize them. But um, to be a good community organizer, you must be fluid politically. You must not adhere to any ideology because yeah, so, you can't so like, be bound by morals.
1: Here's the thing about that era was uh, I was reading this book by Hank Harrison, who's Courtney Love's father and was a psychiatrist and some kind of um, deep state operative uh, hanging around the Grateful Dead back then. And he said a line, which I've repeated before, which is he was trying to tell the, the feminists who were shutting, trying to shut people up that censorship was worse than chauvinism. And so they were really cared about free speech back then when they needed it to get ahead. And that's what I say about Putin. Putin want like people like, oh, they'll break international law. I'm like, they don't, those guys don't want to break international law. International law serves the little guy by restraining um, the abuse of power of the big guy. So while someone's coming up, they like those rights. And then once they've achieved the power, like Alinsky's gang, then facts are facts, but truth is truth. They don't want you to say stuff that's they don't want you to Kanye.
0: No. And speaking of that, and I want to come back to this after we go through some of Kanye stuff, because I do wanna I do have a few more things on that. Kanye, to- for those of you who aren't aware, had a meeting in the the Oval Office with Jim Brown, the football player. And the meeting with Trump, they were there to talk about criminal justice reform. I want to play a montage of how the media reported Trump's meeting with Kanye in contrast with a montage of some things that Kanye said in the meeting. My personal opinion is that Kanye comes off as an enthusiastic, creative guy who, in my opinion, seems genuine. I believe the Kanye – Maybe I'm getting duped, but he does seem genuine to me. And he has a lot of really good ideas that nobody talked about because the focus was just on pulling things he said out of context and trying to make him look like he's crazy. Here's the montage of some of the media reporting on Kanye West meeting with President Trump.
2: We have to accept that what we saw uh, was someone who was not in a healthy place from a mental point of view, from an emotional point of view, psychologically.
3: I don't believe him to be healthy. Mental health right. is real. If you abuse it, you will be the way he is right yeah. now.
4: I just see someone who needs to get off the stage and away from the cameras and take care of, the, of themselves mentally. When you see someone, especially those around them, who you care about and they're self-destructing in front of you... Mm. You need to have an intervention.
3: You certainly need an intervention more than you need an invitation to the White House, unless that's why the president was
2: inviting there.
4: This is a man who needs help. He's not in many ways a well-man.
2: It makes you wonder where Kanye West really is uh, with his emotional and mental state.
4: Everyone who had a connection to him through his music, who I knew today, said, this is no longer funny. This is not funny. This is sad. This is white supremacy by ventriloquism. A black mouth is moving... But white
1: racist ideals
0: are are flowing from Kanye West's mouth. Okay, so Kanye is mentally ill, and he is a puppet for a white racist. And should be
1: committed by force and be taken away out of the media.
0: Yeah, he's out of his mind. Everything he says is crazy. Now I'm going to contrast that with a montage of some of the things that he said while he was at the White House that he has been saying over and over again. In other context as well
4: i think it's the bravery that helps you beat this game called life i think we need to care about all people we have to release the love throughout the entire country and give opportunities all we really have is today we just have today over and over and over again the eternal return the hero's journey we have the right to bear arms We're here together, and the greatest value that people have are other people. We are going to make America great.
0: Well, that's such a crazy person (laughs) spouting white nationalist themes there, wasn't it? The
1: love thing is really important. That is the answer. I'm not like— always talks about that. I've thought about it so much because, like, I just—doing all this, like, listening to podcasts and being plugged into media and stuff like that— you get so freaking negative. There's like, it's so hard not to fall for one dialectic or another that's waiting around a corner. And I just, you know, and even just, even just hating corrupt politicians who deserve it is bad for your soul. It's awful. It's peddling outrage, which they do so much. Absolutely. And I finally concluded that it's kind of like when i when i realize i mean i as of yet have not been able to resist the temptation to vote but by but if every single person in this country took one day and just said you know what i'm not going to participate and that day was election day yep the entire uh, our power would be clear, even if democracy is a complete sham, even if yeah. the votes are not real, even if the media is totally controlled, if every single solitary person stayed home and did not know a single person who voted, you would just withdraw your power. And the same thing is true about hating and criticizing all that kind of stuff. If we if we just pity those people who get off on power, who lie who who are so misconstrued about morality. I'm not saying from a condescending point of view. I'm just saying like if you really just think of love and forgiveness and start with your own personal self and what you are are not bringing, what love you are not bringing and try to do that just if you're just nicer to your spouse, it would do a lot more good than uh being hateful towards people at the top who abuse their power.
0: Yeah, I agree. I completely so Kanye agree. reached me. Kanye says those things every time he talks and every time they characterize him as though he's a crazy person
1: um did you do a montage of him sounding crazy
0: no all you have to do is go to CNN and you'll get like a couple (laughs) of clips I'll tell you the one that they talk about the one that they put out there in an article and they talked a lot about at least that I saw on CNN is they said Kanye's in the White House talking about multiple universe while there are people dying in a hurricane and trump is sitting there and 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 kanye's wearing his maga hat and there's people's houses getting blown away not that the hurricane wasn't bad but they're acting like the hurricane hit and then trump went screw the hurricane bring in kanye
1: these are the same people who are lying about Syria and Yemen, and people are really dying with the bombs that we are paying for because they are lying.
0: Yeah, and they made it sound like because I, when I first heard it, I thought, "Oh, it's Kanye." I could see him talking about the multiverse. I might talk about yeah, the multiverse these people, but they made it sound like he was supposed to be in there talking about criminal justice reform, but instead. He was just going off on some crazy rant about the multiverse. That's what they made it sound like. And so when you go and watch it and you see what clip they're talking about, you realize that he was talking about criminal justice reform. And all they did was just leave out the context that he wasn't really talking about – The I mean he did bring up – there's theories about – multiple universes but what he was referring to was somebody who's in prison who's also from chicago like he is like kanye was i guess saved by music you know so because he got into music he didn't end up on the street and so what he's saying is you know there's theories of multiple universe i have the clip let me see if i can find it there's theories of multiple universe i have to try and help this guy because in another universe i might be him i might be the one who fell into what he's in so that's what he's saying You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. That's the whole thing about basic rights. When I was growing up, my father would drill this into my head. This is why my father's, you know, considered himself conservative in a different era, traditional conservative. And he was absolutely thought that uh, free trade and open immigration were uh, moral more obviously moral positions. And I I'm sure he understood the distorting impact of, uh, of laws on, on how free immigration would is different, you know, based on the laws, but just as a, as a, as a place of right. Like, so when his parents emigrated here and his grandparents and my mother's parents, uh, they didn't have all the screwed up laws, So you could have open immigration and it was fine and it worked. And it was um, they had a right, you know, you have a right as a, he, he owned a butcher shop, my father, a meat cutter. He had a right to hire somebody from Germany who wanted to come over and live in his basement, you know, to work there unless somebody decided it was not okay. And he would teach us that um, you must Pity people, you must defend rights for everyone because that could have been you there, but for the grace yeah. of God go yeah. I. That is the the basis of why you must defend the rights. Could be your own children.
0: Yeah, Kanye seems to think, at least this this is my takeaway from it, that this guy had a lot of influence. In the community, in the Chicago community, with gangs, and that he turned it around and started having a positive influence, and then that's when they railroaded him. Here's the clip of Kanye talking about this guy, who again, I have not researched, but I am interested in researching it now. Kanye talking about a guy named Larry Hoover.
4: Really, the reason why they imprisoned him is because he started going positive for the community he started showing that he actually had power that he wasn't just one of a monolithic voice that he could wrap people around so there's theories that there's infinite amounts of universe and there's alternate universe so it's very important for me to get hoover out because in an alternate universe i am him and i have to go and get him free because he was doing positive inside of chicago
1: It's like when Victoria Nuland said, we are going to overthrow the democratically elected government of the Ukraine and fuck the EU. All they played was fuck the EU. It's like, uh, I think you missed the point of that leaked conversation. What he just said was that that guy was railroaded for political reasons because he was going to have a positive, loving impact on the world, on the uh, maybe on the black community, maybe on the broader community.
0: No, no, no. He was talking about the multiverse.
1: That's how, <laughs> that's how CNN
0: presented it. Isn't what he that?
1: just said was fascinating. I what? want to know about this guy. Yeah, I'm about Larry to play you Hoover. a clip of,
0: of him yeah. talking about
4: him more. Larry Hoover is an example of a man that was turning his life around. And As soon as he tried to turn his life around, they hit him with six life sentences. Larry Hoover is a living statue. He's a beacon for us, that needs to see his family, that needs to go out and represent. When you have a block leader on every single block, they can own the block as their own. That's something I learned from Jim Brown, from A Mayor I Can. We need to put curriculums from people who really came from the streets, not people who are just trying to set us up to go into a work system or a prison system that applies to what people are really going through, which Jim Brown has created.
0: What Kanye seemed to be saying there, to me, When you listen to this clip and you listen to the broader conversation, I encourage everybody to go watch the whole thing. It's pretty funny. And Kanye says a lot of very interesting things. What he seems to be saying is that the best way to reach people who are in gangs on the streets of Chicago is through someone that they are influenced by, that they look up to. Someone who has the power to help them in a positive way. And that person is more likely going to be someone who used to be one of their – one of the leaders, one of the gang leaders who has turned himself around and who has created a curriculum to help people. Kanye talked about the curriculum that this guy, this guy Larry, had created, and Jim Brown has also created one that that came up as well. And the idea that people are going to learn better from a curriculum created by someone who understands them, who has lived – and the circumstances similar to them than they would just, you know, your standard generic curriculum you might get in a school. They're far more likely to be influenced by this guy, and this guy was in a position to influence him, and he wanted to influence them, and then they put him in jail. That's what I gather that Kanye is expressing. Again, I want to qualify this by saying that I have not researched this guy, Larry Hoover, deeply yet, but I intend to now.
1: You know what would work? People think of like, how do you get somebody out of a gang? How do you get somebody out of the drugs? It, it, when I read the easy way to stop smoking, the guy just went on and it, and it worked. I, I haven't had a cigarette in many years and that was the only thing that worked. Uh, he just went on and on about what a scam smoking is and it really is. Uh, but that isn't what got me to quit, but that it was just a complete scam. And that's the thing with the gangs and the drugs and all that stuff looks to me like social engineering. It looks to me like a way to keep the hierarchy in place. If you read the report from iron mountain, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, however, literally you want to take it. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's it. They are keeping the hierarchy in place. And if you were this guy, like Malcolm X was like, Oh my gosh, the racism, it's a trap. It's a trap run away. You know, and they're just like, Oh my gosh, somebody kill that guy. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Sounds like they didn't want him educating and delivering a positive, empowering message.
1: When I hear stuff like this, I hear, okay, Trump has got Kanye and Jim Brown there and they're saying this stuff and CNN's going freaking bananas trying to silence it all, whatever. Um, I think either. Kanye slipped it in there and nobody expected it, which why well, bring a wild card like that on board? Um But if, if you know, it always makes me think, wow, maybe there are two sides, you know, maybe maybe there is a uh, combat here. But then, you know, I kind of thought that with Kavanaugh and the Blasey Ford chick that they were that who would ever sign up for this, right? Kavanaugh would never put his family through this. And I mean, I'm not saying he would have agreed to it or had to agree to it. But in the end, they got Kavanaugh in. The right is now in love with that guy, even though they have absolutely no idea what the issues are. And he could just be another John Roberts. Uh, You know, it doesn't matter. So there it was, something that really made me think that the right was embattled. and And there... Uh, all of it came to them getting their way, uh, and maybe everybody's way because Kavanaugh to me was the most middle of the road guy. The left shouldn't even have objected to him. And, and as you predicted, they didn't even really want to keep him out of that chair.
0: No, I think they wanted him in. I think they, they did that to him instead of Gorsuch because this is closer to the election. And by doing it closer to the yeah. election, it, it helps compel that participation.
1: I think you're right, and and but the right liked it for uh, that for that too to galvanize their voters, and yeah. and both both sides want lots of voters on both sides. You know, both sides don't want uh, the landslide. They want to make sure that yep. people yeah. come out in the that. future. So so here I am again looking at this, he, hearing Kanye says something that I think is really like this guy Larry Hoover. I wonder if he checks out because he just brought this guy to my attention. And that's unusual.
0: Right. I can I can tell you I've seen no one talk about Larry Hoover in the news. So if that's any – I don't know if that that's an indication. But, that he might
1: know. actually check out.
0: Yeah. All right. Here's a couple of quick clips of things that Kanye said that might give us a hint at why the media is so eager to paint him as crazy. Some things that they definitely – don't like having someone like Kanye saying
4: people expect that if you're black you have to be democrat i have a uh i've i've had conversations that basically said that welfare is the reason why a lot of black people end up being democrat they say you know first of all it, it, it's a limit to the amount of jobs uh so the, the fathers lose the jobs and they say we'll give you more money for having more kids in your home
0: so they don't like that message being delivered
1: yeah, it's, a, it's what they call a perverse incentive. Yeah, it's a moral hazard.
0: Yeah, and here's a, another one.
4: One of the moves that I love that liberals try to do, the liberal would try to control a black person through the concept of racism because they know that we are very proud, emotional people. So when I said I like Trump to like someone that's liberal, they'll say, oh, but he's racist. You think racism can control me? Oh, that don't stop me. That's an invisible wall.
1: Wow. We. Yeah. Wow. Am I crazy to be blown away by that?
0: I don't think it's crazy. We're so used to seeing nothing but race baiting going on on the news media that it can be kind of mind blowing to hear someone actually say something that calls it out. That seems to me like common sense that they're obviously trying to divide people using race. And I think Kanye, he seems genuine to me. I said that. Maybe he's duping me, but he actually seems – he seems to want to try and unify people. Like he he presents Trump with an offer that he wants – he wants Trump and Colin Kaepernick to go to the Super Bowl together. Wow! This is him talking about the Make America Great Again slogan he brings up a point that a lot of white people have probably never considered and it's a very good point and then he has an idea to compromise and to try and get trump and colin kaepernick together i doubt that's going to happen because God, it would
1: be great though
0: the, the people aren't gonna the people who are using colin kaepernick yes, exactly. they're never gonna let it happen that's and, not what and honestly the trump trump's people are never gonna let it happen either in my opinion Because it would just pull away these two, this very easy divide and conquer thing that they have. Because
1: he gets up there and Trump gets up there and says provocative things when they take an E or whatever that just make the whole thing worse. he would not do that if they weren't looking for the dialectic.
0: It would anger some of Trump's base because it would change, it would alter his slogan a little bit. It
4: shouldn't because it's a really good all right, idea. Let's hear it. Black people have an issue with the word again. And I believe my feeling from that is because I'm going to throw it, I'm going to go all the way, Sigmund, with because time is a myth. All we have is now, all we have is today. So the word again, it doesn't hurt us because of the idea of racism and slavery and different it, It hurts us because we need to focus on who we are now, today. I, I believe so. I actually brought some hats in that have a bit of a transition. I'm not, I'm not trying to put you up there as follow it. I, I made a hat up that says Make America Great. I would love to see at the Super Bowl Trump wearing the Make America Great hat, Colin making wearing the Make America Great and showing that we can benefit on this side, we can benefit on this side, and we can learn how to be malleable in the infinite universe that we are and the loving beings that we are, that we don't have to stick to all traditions. and We are a side. We are one unit. We are one country. We are one moment in history and time. We might have been here before, but right now we're here together, and the greatest value that people have
1: are other people. Wow. That's great. That's a great... So good. Is it Jeremiah who calls in who said... He likes Kanye. He and his wife like Kanye. I think it's him. Yeah, the guy who was the Georgia Tech. He caught it. Sorry. He was saying they really like, or maybe it was somebody else, but um, that that they like Kanye's wisdom. But I, of course, never. You know, I don't really listen to pop music too much, so I, I don't, don't know. know
0: his music. But I have listened to him like go on rants over the course of the years. And but he's
1: so genuine. He's yeah, he he's always said bullshit? stuff like this. Do what? You think it's bull? It doesn't matter if it's bull. See, that's the thing. When people say like Thomas Jefferson and Martin Luther King Jr. had you know, whatever their predilections were uh romantically negates the impact they had on uh important political Foundational things in this country, I'm like, so what? It doesn't matter. That's not relevant. So, similarly, and it doesn't even matter if Martin Luther King Jr. uh plagiarized. That doesn't even matter because right. the impact that he had, whoever actually wrote the word, let's say he did, whoever actually wrote the words didn't have the impact. So it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter. So what, even if Kanye doesn't mean it, you know, it doesn't matter because it's true.
0: It's a good idea that because we're in the middle of like political warfare all the time, it's just not something that maybe privately Trump would be like, "Yeah, I'd do it." Maybe privately Colin Kaepernick would be like, "Yeah, I'd do it." But if if it yeah, yeah, happen, they'd probably shut the cameras off, not air the Super Bowl. You know? cuz they yeah. they don't want those two forces to to come well, together.
1: Both of the in my opinion, both of those two people are they're they're too far gone because their job was to create division.
0: Yeah, that's probably why CNN ignored all of the good stuff that he said and tried to make him out to be crazy. I mean, here you have Kanye saying positive things about people on all sides, seemingly genuinely trying to bring people together. And CNN's responding to that by saying that Kanye is crazy, he needs an intervention, and then focusing on the fact that at one point Kanye did say, motherfucker. That's the story. He swore in the Oval Office. You know, the story could be about whether or not Kaepernick and Trump will consider Kanye's idea or the merits to what Kanye was saying about Larry Hoover and educating people who are in gangs in Chicago. But no, 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 no. Instead we get President Trump, while there are lives being destroyed by a hurricane in Florida, has brought a clearly mentally unstable Kanye West into the White House to ramble about the multiverse and a said motherfucker. There's houses and lives being destroyed in Florida. And the Oval Office is being disgraced. That's what we get. Instead of an actual conversation about the positive and good things that Kanye said. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here's one more clip from that. This is his education idea. And just as a brief idea, it's a great idea because it really factors in common sense on how people learn. I think it would be cool to have Yeezy
4: Ideation Centers, which would be a mix of education that empowers people and gives them modern information like sometimes people say this kid has ADD this kid has ADD he don't have ADD school is boring it was boring it's not as exciting as this we have to make it more exciting we have to mix curriculums you play basketball while you're doing math you, you you learn about music while you meditate in the morning we have to instate mental health and art programs uh back into the uh back to the city
0: the thing about playing basketball while doing math stuff like that you learn better when you're on your feet. That's true. It's I mean, geometry. Our, do what? It is geometry. It is, yes. It, it, so is like baseball And, and stuff. physics. Right. It's a lot easier to learn something when you're going to be using it to do something that you like doing. And it's also easier to learn when we are active and up on our feet and moving around instead of just sitting in a classroom trying to stay awake all day distracted by our cell phones. It's a great idea. It's also common sense, but we're just so used to the idea of learning in this environment and in this style that's really the opposite of how we learn as humans, that a common sense idea becomes brilliance.
1: It's beyond a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'll tell you, no, if you know anything, if people listening know John Taylor Gatto, he was teacher of the year. He wrote a book, or and he's written and done videos stuff. And I know I've consumed a lot of the stuff that he put out. Unfortunately, he had a terrible stroke. I don't even know if he's alive anymore. But, um, he he won this teacher of the year award, and then or or more than one award like that, and then he resigned in a famous op-ed or a letter to the editor in the Wall Street Journal saying that he has to stop being a teacher because he cares too much about kids. And when he taught, in, in what I read, uh, his own account of some of the things he used to do was he would take these these kids who I think he had, he was in like an inner city in Connecticut, which can get really gnarly. And uh one of the things he did, um, I believe he had some... Kind of gangster type guys in his class, and he taught them Shakespeare. I don't know how, but like he did it in a way that reached them. There's another kid who just couldn't—I don't know if he couldn't say wake or he couldn't sit still or whatever—and he just asked the kid, "What do you like to do?" And he said, "I like to swim." And he said, "Where do you like to swim?" He's like, "I'll swim in any good public pool. Uh, some are good at some times a day, some aren't. Some are good at whatever." And he said, "Look, here's a notebook." Don't come to class anymore. Go to every public school, every public pool um, that you can get to using public transportation, and you make a chart of all the features of the pool, blah, blah, blah. The kid wrote some, uh, certainly a getting, if not award-winning guide to the public swimming pools of like New Haven, Connecticut or something. It was just the craziest thing. And that kid got something out of school that year and didn't drop out. Right. And all, and this guy said, "This this is a renowned educator, very successful in the inner city." Um, and he said, "You must reach these kids the way they need to be reached."
0: Kind of like Kanye was talking about that guy earlier, the one who's in prison who has influence over. A lot of these kids on the streets,
1: and to approach somebody by thinking outside the box in a way that that person can be reached. Yeah, I mean, I just remember I never understood calculus. I just didn't even understand. Yeah, I was terrible at calculus. <laughs> it was right I was terrible. I it was just impossible to under to intuitive because it. I hated it. Yeah, I, I anyway, I, no intuitive. Right, it's nothing intuitive. And then you know when it hit me, when yeah. I was in a massive hurry and I was out of gas, and yeah. I was trying to pump my gas and I was just like, oh crap. If I knew calculus, I would know how much gas I can pump into my car before I have to keep going. Cause I needed a whole tank of gas. You know, I needed a certain amount of gas to get to where I was going. I couldn't stop again. There's a new turn. And I know it sounds super geeky to be like, oh, calculus and pumping gas. But if anyone had ever told me that if you need to fill up the bathtub or pump gas, you could actually know how long it's going to take. Then every time I pumped gas, I would have just been noodling about it.
0: All right, shifting gears. We were talking about Saul Olinsky earlier, and I want to go back to that for a few minutes. And I want to talk about the activism that's been going on through the lens of the community organizer. Because if we watch the news through the lens of what the goal of the community organizer behind all of these events are, what the goals of these community organizers are, then It gives us a different interpretation of the news. It helps us break free from that dialectic, that either-or surface-level dialectic that we see on the news 24-7, because the goals of the community organizer are different than the goals of the true believer, the protester on the streets who is being manipulated by the community organizer. They have different goals, and it's important to think about that because it can sometimes completely transform how you view a certain issue. Not every time, but sometimes. For example, the Kavanaugh issue, you know, in the news, it's are you with Kavanaugh or are you with Blazy Ford? But when you think about it through the lens of what the community organizers are trying to accomplish in the long range, their long game, as opposed to what the true believers on the ground are there for, then it's not so simple as are you either with him or her. It becomes a much more complex thing. It's a, it's a psychological operation is what it is. The goals of the community organizers above all else is to grow their party, the party of the resistance and to grow their power. And I'm going to read you some quotes from Saul Alinsky and from a study on Vladimir Lenin and play a clip from an activist training to illustrate this here in a moment. Sometimes the best way to accomplish this goal of growing the party and growing their power is by quote-unquote, losing. Kind of like in White Men Can't Jump when Rosie Perez tells Woody Harrelson that sometimes when you win, you actually lose, and sometimes when you lose, you actually win. And we've talked about how Stacey Abrams, who is an activist first and foremost, she was Linda Sarsour before Linda Sarsour. And she used to say that her job was to lose well. So even though on the surface they might be trying to stop Kavanaugh, if Kavanaugh gets in, is what will grow their power and grow their party more, then they prefer that. And that's what I believe was going on over the course of the past few weeks because having Kavanaugh in and having people in the resistance believe that he is a gang rapist who's going to steal their uterus is a lot easier way to scare people into – Coming to your party, the party of the resistance, going to vote, voting for who you tell them to vote for, and ultimately doing whatever you tell them as long as that fear stays alive. Saul Alinsky says in Rules for Radicals, from the moment an organizer enters a community, he lives, dreams, eats, breathes, sleeps, and only thinks one thing. And that one thing is to build the mass power base of what he calls the army. Until he has developed that mass power base, he confronts nothing major. Every move revolves around one central point. How many recruits will this bring into the organization, whether by means of local organizations, churches, service groups, labor unions, corner gangs, or as individuals? The only issue is how will this increase the strength of the organization? If by losing in a certain action he can get more members than by winning, then victory lies in losing, and he will lose. Okay, that was Saul Alinsky from his book Rules for Radicals. And the resistance is absolutely following the Saul Alinsky model of community organizing. And now I want to read you a quote from a Rand study from the 1950s that investigated how the Bolsheviks – Primarily, Vladimir Lenin is where a lot of their source material comes from, how they used community organizing as a weapon to build an organizational weapon. The book is called The Organizational Weapon, a study of Bolshevik strategy and tactics, and it sources Vladimir Lenin, his materials, his organizing materials, a lot of his training materials… It says, the central aim of Leninism is the concentration of total social power in the hands of the ruling group. Lenin knew the value of social power. He knew that all power is social. Hold on,
1: hold on. Where, what are you reading this out of?
0: A Rand study from 1950 called The Organizational Weapon.
1: Leninism and Marxism and Stalinism and Bolshevism and Menshevism are all different things.
0: They're different things, but they all carry similar themes. Okay. All right.
1: So uh, Leninism is about concentrating social power at the top.
0: Yes, and it goes on to say, Bolshevik theory and practice recognize that power is social, generated in all types of action, not simply political action, and latent in all institutions. This insight stems in part from the basic Marxist theory and in part from the overall aim of Bolshevism, a total transformation of society that will invest every institution with political meaning.
1: Wow, that's a lot.
0: I know, it's heavy. Okay, Lenin, Solinsky, the resistance, these they're all three following similar models. When I say that they are losing is what they might want to do, that doesn't mean they're not prepared uh, to win as well. They are ready to spin any issue to help them expand their group. Say Kavanaugh were to win, then they would have praised the resistance for all the great work that they did and impressed upon them that they must keep moving forward and bring new people into the group, and they would have used that to expand power. So they are always ready to go a different direction with it, but they do have a primary goal that they would prefer to happen. Now, with those two in mind, with this theme of concentrating power as the primary objective... I want to play you a clip from an activist training from Democracy Now that Stacey Abrams actually occasionally leads an activist training session on their website or a video training session. I want to play you a clip where they are talking about the current get-out-the-vote effort that's going on now that registration is closed and they're trying to get people out to the polls that follows this theme.
2: Why is GOTV so important? Well, apart from wanting to win on November 6th, this is also about building long-term power. We know that when we're constantly connecting with our communities and when we're talking to voters on a more regular basis, we're actually building that power so that it goes beyond just showing up on Election Day and winning on November 6th.
4: I
0: think that goes pretty well (laughs) with what, what those two were saying there. The goal here is not to stop Kavanaugh. If they stop Kavanaugh, okay, that might be icing on the cake, but maybe not. I think having Kavanaugh in actually helps them if that people believe that there is a, a rapist. In, in yeah, Supreme exactly. Court.
1: When somebody hears that and they think this person wants raw power, in their minds they translate: well, we need power because somebody wants to control my uterus.
0: Yes, exactly. Okay,
1: so and and on the right, it's the somebody wants to take my guns.
0: Yeah. And I also think that they don't, they don't talk like this to people that you, are just g- going into the group. These are people who are training to be organizers. Yeah, cause they
1: there. have to peel away the BS to get stuff done at the higher levels. That's the stuff that you want to tap into. That's the stuff that you actually do tap right. into.
0: And here it says right here, this is also in the organizational weapon book, only the vanguard is exposed to a full statement of the communist aims and methods, whereas the mass is mobilized by anti-capitalist slogans and appeals for peace, bread, <laughs> land, and unity.
1: Hold on, I got to write that down. Peace, bread, land, and unity. Uh, I have to say, I when I, I wrote that, comprehensive summary slash analysis of neoconservatism, the autobiography of an idea by Irvin Kristol about how he was speaking to Republican leadership on how to transform the Republican party, which he did. Um, and he was a Neo Trotskyite from the beginning in the, in the introduction, he says, I am a former Neoliberal, neo Trotskyite, now I'm a neoconservative. He, he just brought communism, communist methods to the right because he just wanted a power base for his international goals, in my opinion. Yeah. But I'm just saying it happens on both sides. He, oh, he yeah, actually he is, he's the thing I always tell Democrats when they're just like, well, uh, politicians are awful, Republicans are complete liars, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, wow, Democrats are too. Like, Hillary's just a Republican, you well, know, who got yeah, yeah. power through the Democrat Party. And this is the opposite. He transformed the Republican Party with the methods and the purposes of the left. And now people on the right who think they're conservative, individualistic, they that's when I say, like, Democrats don't lie to their people in the same way as Republicans do. Democrats say, I'm going to use big government for you. And Republicans say, I'm going to make government smaller, which they don't.
0: Yes. And... This, this stuff goes back to what we were talking about earlier. The people who are true believers, they are acting on what they – you know they, they believe they're trying to stop Kavanaugh. The people who are organizing are not true believers. They are right. – they know the bigger purpose, and they don't buy into it. And like for example, here's another quote from Saul Alinsky, Your function is to agitate to the point of conflict. I mean that's pretty uh, – it's pretty clear. He should be able, with skill and calculation, to use irrationality in his attempts to progress towards a rational world. He knows that all new ideas arise from conflict. An organizer knows that values are relative in a world of political relativity.
1: This is the Hegelian dialectic he's talking about.
0: Right. Here's another here's another interesting. New ideas here.
1: from conflict. Thesis, antithesis. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yes, he does talk about that. An organizer has no fixed truth. He is a well-integrated political schizoid. He must not slip into becoming a true believer. Before man can act, he must be polarized. Men will act when they are convinced that their cause is 100% on the side of the angels and the opposition is 100% on the side of the devil. He knows that there can be no action until issues are polarized to this degree. At the same
1: time, though… Conflict for conflict's sake is the ideology of tyranny.
0: Well, did, did he I just...
1: say I want, I want conflict to get the new idea through. I, I would say it's not even that it's that the real idea is. Maybe keep the power batting back and forth or keep the conflict going. But the overlords are the same in England as Russia.
0: To what you just said there. A communication maxim, Solinsky says, it is only when the other party is concerned – and he's speaking about the opposition as well as the people he's organizing – it is only when the other party is concerned or feels threatened that he will listen. In the arena of action, a threat or a crisis becomes almost a precondition to communication.
1: Boy, this is all right on the money.
0: And then we have all effective action requires the passport of morality. Say that again. All effective actions require the passport of morality.
1: Oh, wow.
0: And here's another one similar to that. The 10th rule of the ethics of means and ends is that you do what you can with what you have and clothe it with moral garments.
1: I Yeah, but, you know, I just – he's just a guy talking about how to get power. So they're using all these tactics. That's crystal clear. Uh who are they getting power for? George Soros. Stacey Abrams is getting well, it for George a, Soros. Yeah,
0: whoever's using it. Oh, one more here that you are – that yeah, we were asking, talking about this earlier. The 11th rule of ethics of means and ends is that goals must be phrased in general terms like liberty, equality, <laughs> fraternity, of common welfare, pursuit of happiness, or bread and peace.
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's exactly what I'm saying is like they have to – here, read that again. What did he call it? Did he call that morality? Which one? That last one. Just read that again from the beginning.
0: The eleventh rule of the yeah. ethics of means and ends is that goals must be phrased goals. in general terms yeah. like liberty, equality, fraternity, of the common welfare, pursuit of of happiness, or bread and peace.
1: Right. This this brings us back to where we started, which is the means justify the ends. Okay. What are the ends? The ends are those things, right? The goals, and then uh, and and it's But there has to be, I, like, I, I, I was saying exactly what he is saying has to happen. I, as a, like, just a person, I'm saying there has to be a morality here. I can't, I can't function without the guidepost of morality. Why would I? I'm not getting the power. Why, someone can't come to me and say, I just want the ends to justify the means because the ends are raw power for me, obviously, over you. You can't, we can't all have power. So, uh, so now I want morality, and what is morality? Morality, to me, is right behavior, and well, he doesn't care about that.
0: No, he doesn't care about it all. Okay, I have to read like three more of these, and, and then, right, then we I got to on. wrap it up. Uh, these are just too good. The resolution of a particular problem will bring on another problem. The organizer knows this, but he doesn't mention it. He knows, too, that what we fight for now as a matter of life and death will soon be forgotten. And changed situations will change desires and issues. You begin to build power for a particular program, then the program changes when some power has been built. So that's basically you get people on board under a guise of one issue, and then you know once you have power... You Right. That's
1: why it feels very hopeless to have any movement whatsoever. I saw the, I think it was the libertarian party, like the, you know, as soon as they had Gary Johnson and William Weld, obviously it was, it's over, but the people there, they begged them to vote for these guys and they shouldn't have, they should have kept to their guns, but it said, uh, it's used that line Blasey Ford, uh, um, made a plausible accusation against Kavanaugh of holding her down, and that's the opposite of liberty, so we hate him.
0: Yes, yes. And uh,
1: so I, I'm, I'm just saying any organization, no matter how much you like it, I, I mean, I was never like a Libertarian – part. well, I probably am a Libertarian party member, but I usually register where, however I have to to vote for Ron Paul. Um
0: uh, three more, three more rules. Yeah, to read. it's
1: it's just that I these any. It seems to me that any organization gets corrupted. That this system cannot allow. Like you can you can create an anarchist society and it'll get hijacked for, you know, potentially for um, the goals of power or the or to feed into the dialectic.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. People are always trying to target.
1: But that's um, a little but, hopeless. I don't want to give hope. Well, what,
0: what, what I meant was, as opposed to co-opting, which is also true, is more of you tell people to come to this movement because we're going to fight for peace and equality and feminism. But in reality, you're not really going to pursue any of those things. It'll change once you have them committed to it.
1: Right. And, and I'm saying I, they can co-opt, infiltrate, or set it up from the beginning that way.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: You know, like – uh William F. Buckley, a national review. Uh,
0: interestingly enough, William F. Buckley was interviewing Solinsky in, in the uh, clip montage I have, although I cut him out of it. Okay, here's three more. Then I'm going to play you that and then we got to run. The organizer dedicated to changing the life of a particular community must first rub raw the resentments of the people of the community. Fan the latent hostilities of many of the people to the point of overt expression. He must search out controversy and issues rather than avoid them. For unless there is controversy, people are not concerned enough to act. There can be no such thing as a non controversial issue. When there is agreement, there is not an issue. Issues arise when there is disagreement or controversy.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing. The disagreement, the fundamental disagreement is between the subjects and the would-be masters. We have no disagreement and should Bill Cosby and the rest of us have these rights? We think we should and they think we shouldn't. You understand what I'm saying? He is the basics here are That he's pitting the people against each other on these grounds of ideology. But in reality, yes, there is conflict. The conflict that the Bill of Rights addresses.
0: Yes, but yeah, but he's dividing and conquering.
1: Yes, that's the ideology of tyranny.
0: The enemy properly goaded and guided in his reaction will be your major strength. The real action is in the enemy's reaction.
1: Ah, that's hilarious. That's so Kavanaugh-appropriate.
0: Yeah, and finally – which I like this one because you see this one all the time. We saw this with Kavanaugh when they gave them the the FBI investigation. This is the moving goalpost. Uh, The 12th rule is that the price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. You cannot risk being trapped by the enemy in his sudden agreement with your demand and saying, yeah, you're right. We don't know what to do about this. Now you tell us. So that's the whole idea of like uh, save the dreamers, save the dreamers. Then somebody does something to like, like, you know, yeah. save the dreamers. And then they go, no, not like, no, save. You didn't really save the dreamers. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: You can't ever agree with them. That's the whole thing. And that's the prime. That's the foundation of the indivisible guide. Never agree, never compromise. And um see,
1: that's a fundamental difference with the tea party, the tea party isn't like that. They, they wanted what they wanted, which was <laughs> smaller government and no Obamacare.
2: I'm saying very, cl- very unreservedly that all progress comes as a response to a threat. And the reaction to the threat is when you get progress. You only get power as a reaction to a threat. In the field of action, you're compelled to polarize. The difference between a liberal and a, and a radical is that the liberal is the guy who walks out of the room when the argument turns into a fight. People only do the right things for the wrong reason.
0: That's him saying it in, in his own words.
1: That's total Marxism.
0: Oh, he uses Marx, Marxist appeals yeah, for sure.
1: But I mean, it's the Marxist theory. Okay, I, I, have, to I, get play,
0: yeah, I have to play you this. It was just too good. This is from the activist training again.
2: What should we say when it comes to GOTV? So GOTV is about uh, precision It's about um, maximizing the chance that that person is actually going to show up on election day. The words that we have in our scripts are tested and they're proven to increase the likelihood of that person turning out to vote. We don't want you – we don't suggest that we, you veer too far off of the script, but it's actually incredibly important to have a genuine conversation with voters rather than to come off robotic and like you're just asking questions. The more natural that the conversation is, the likelier that person is to really turn out and vote.
0: So follow our scripts. They're wow. tested, but make it genuine.
1: Wow. That's so manipulative.
0: Yes, and this might be my favorite. This is another clip from the Democracy Now! activist training. And after playing you this, I'm going to play you a brief clip of someone putting this this training seemingly into action.
2: The next thing is mentioning civic duty. Emphasizing that voting is our civic duty as active members of the community, again, makes a bigger difference in turning somebody out to vote.
0: Hmm, emphasizing civic duty. Where have I heard that recently?
1: I am here today not because I want to be. I am terrified. I am here because I believe it is my civic duty.
0: <laughs> I wonder if she's, she's part terrified. of a resistance group.
1: She's terrified. Oh, my God. And it wasn't
0: just her. It was every Democrat that spoke with, thank you for doing your civic duty, Ms. Blaisley Ford, and I want you to know I believe you.
1: Yeah, even if you're not telling the truth, because somebody you're telling somebody's truth.
0: Did we play that montage last <laughs> week?
1: <laughs> we didn't play any of it. Nothing. Not a.
0: All right, All right. I, I, I'm gonna play that. The
1: Lindsey Graham one made my skin turn, my blood turn to Jello, though.
0: Are you a gang rapist? <laughs> no.
1: Everyone should be Bill Cosby for a little while.
0: It's my understanding that if you rape and drug people in high school, then you don't <laughs>
1: stop. What? Who cares about high school? How is
0: that his understanding? Is it, did he consult with gang
1: rapists? <laughs> I was gay in high school. It doesn't matter. <sighs> Sorry, is that bad? I don't know if it'd be rude to yeah, anybody. I just fine. couldn't read this. Uh,
0: I mean, that would get us kicked off like CNN or something like that. All right,
1: maybe you should... Maybe you should bleep it and people wonder what I said.
0: Just the one long bleep.
1: <laughs> no, just one word. I just bleep bleep one word.
0: All right, here we go. This is a montage of the quote questions that Democrats asked Blasey Ford at the hearing. I call it the truth and courage monologue. <laughs> or uh, you know, montage.
2: Thank you for your courage, and I want to tell you, I believe you. And I believe you. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your courage, your courage. A true profile in courage. Bravery Bravery is contagious. You have enlightened men. You had absolutely nothing to gain. You clearly have nothing to gain. You have met any condition... Uh, any prosecutor could expect to go forward all to help us we owe you a debt of gratitude the word i would use it's nothing short of heroic speaking your truth is nothing short of heroic
0: so those are some of the challenging questions that democrats asked christine blazy ford really put her on the spot
1: she made a million dollars so far At least. right and which is a lot of money for somebody who is like an academic, I would think. And, uh, the...
0: She's a cultural icon.
1: Yep. Cover yeah, of a Time Newtron. magazine. Yeah, yeah, cover of Time magazine. This guy said, though, that she would meet any criteria for a prosecutor.
0: So, yeah, yeah, I was – what? okay, so what is that criteria? He never goes into that. But it
1: doesn't matter because it's still an act of crime. There is no statute of limitations. I know. That was so my she point. she should do her civic duty. Exactly. Stop when I told,
2: guy. Bill Cosby told he has people, to go to jail. Yeah.
0: I told somebody that, and they were like, well, that doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, it does matter because there are people saying that she meets that standard, and they are c- accusing him of a crime. So, yes, and
1: he should be he should answer to that because here he's going to be in a position of power. God forbid. So is he not allowed to have female law clerks? Are they not allowed to be in the room with him? He should be tried because Bill Cosby is a blind 80 something year old and he was denied bail pending appeal. So he I mean, it's he more of a threat to a society? Who is she not going to perform her civic duty?
0: I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I honestly and I don't know if they could ever like or maybe they could
1: 50. He could definitely be mashing chicks left and right.
0: Maybe that's why she doesn't want to do that because maybe there is some sort of proof that it didn't happen. Because I would think there's no way to prove it didn't happen, but maybe that's why she does it because we're talking about there's no statute of limitations in Maryland. He said he wasn't there. She could file a criminal complaint tomorrow right. and trigger a real investigation. And I, I think there should be an investigation because I think if there is any evidence that it was made up, then she should be prosecuted.
1: Yeah, and why? Why wasn't there an investigation of Pizzagate? By the way, oh, there I was.
0: Remember, a guy showed up with a gun, and then <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, they declined causes...
1: to investigate. They, you have to investigate, right? I mean, it's just you know they should investigate anyway. There is a plausible, as they say, allegation of a crime here. Why are they not investigating on their own? They have been – a crime has been reported.
0: Credibly accused is the word. Did you know that if you just – if you say credibly accused, then that automatically meets the, the, the burden and makes it legitimate?
1: Anything is credible. I mean right. a, a, the multiverse is credible.
3: All right. We'll end on this. This is the most unethical sham – Since I've been in politics, and if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. (laughs) Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham. This is not a job interview.
1: Yeah.
3: This is hell. This, this, This is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward because of this crap. You're supposed to be Bill Cosby when you're a junior and senior in high school. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you got over it. It's been my understanding that if you drug women and rape them for two years in high school, you probably don't stop. I hope that the American people will see through this charade.
1: Okay, hold on. I completely misunderstood what he was saying when I heard that the first time. He wasn't saying...
3: No,
0: it sounds like it. It sound, oh, the it first really time you can't. listen to it, it sounds like he's telling, he's instructing high school kids. Everybody's supposed to be like Bill Cosby <laughs> no, in high school, like,
1: like the way Churchill says you're a liberal when you're young and a yeah, conservative. Yeah. It's just like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah,
0: no, that's why I thought it was funny because he clearly didn't mean to make it sound like that. <laughs>
1: I totally thought that's what he meant. I, that's why I really did not want you to play it on WSB. I was like, yeah. that is shocking and horrible.
0: That's great. Oh my gosh, I think everybody like- uses Quaaludes in high school. <laughs> Name me one person in this room who wasn't part of an after-school gangbang
1: club. (laughs) I really thought that's what he was saying. Everybody's supposed to be Bill Cosby. You guys are
0: blaming this guy for drugging a few women? (laughs) That's what you're supposed
1: to do. Haven't you ever been in a fraternity? You guys must
0: have been nerds in high school
1: oh my gosh i don't know if i should apologize or take it back or whatever i just misunderstood but that was worth it for the laugh yeah ah, oh, that was great oh thank you that was so funny
0: thank you thank you everybody for listening <laughs> and uh thank you everybody who has donated and helped us yes. in a variety oh my of
1: gosh. ways we're definitely going to need that because um It's so much more work. You'll see, you can see these WordPress people, everybody who's on WordPress, like are still down. I think they're starting to come back, but it, they really, oh, they really screwed us. But anyway, that's, uh, neither here nor there, but, um, yes, thank you for continuing because I know that it's not as good as it was, but it will be better soon.
0: Thank you. And I'll put some links in the description. Uh, if anybody wants to donate via PayPal or become a Patreon. And we will talk to you next time. Later. See you later.